0: Welcome to a dialogue on accountability in the digital age, a dialogue with representatives of a global multi-stakeholder community.
1: And I'm your host, Fritz Bussemaker, host of these E4ADA dialogues. And with me, I have Guy de Velcourt. Guy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Frits,
0: for uh, inviting me. I'm very happy to be with you today.
1: Uh, we're going to discuss with Guy uh, the digital and extraterritorial outreach. He's a researcher and lecturer on this topic. Uh, by the way, he's also the co-founder of the Identity and Know Your Customer Forum, uh, which brings together both public and private sectors. So uh, a broad experience in the uh, area of uh, digital. But today we're going to focus on the need to have a discussion on extraterritorial outreach. Uh, Guy, again, welcome to the program. Um, could you please start off uh, by taking the audience uh, with, what is the concept of digital and extraterritorial outreach? What are we talking about?
0: Uh, yeah, so it's, it's the truth is quite a new concept, but it is really about creating a new relationship between the state and the citizens or the uh, their nationals abroad or with their corporate organizations, uh, which are essentially creating these links which are our territorials. And uh, so they can take digital forms, they can take other forms. So this is what it is about. It's about really uh, allowing the different governments and states to optimize their relationships with all their communities abroad uh, as inside their territories.
1: Okay. Uh, Could you give me an example of what an a-territorial relationship could be?
0: Yeah, well, the truth is that the notion of territory has evolved um, during the history. Uh, So at the beginning, it was uh, very linked to the agricultural land. Then it became more the geographical space. And maybe we can say that around the 17th century, Uh, with the Westphalian uh, Treaty and the sovereignty of states, it became a jurisdictional space. And uh, we have interesting theories by the 20th century, uh, for instance, with uh, uh, Mr. Charles Meyer, uh, which is an American writer, um, who wrote that it is uh, a political space. uh, And maybe today we consider it really to... uh, an activity, an identity space. So that would be the concept that we would try to promote in this approach uh, on uh, extraterritoriality, or or a new concept of territoriality.
1: Okay, so uh, the 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 territory um, is isn't well the 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 concept of the notion of territory is is changed by the fact that we we live in cyberspace and it. It has a global impact. Um, again, could you give me some uh, examples uh, so we understand uh, how it's going to be applied? Uh,
0: yes, and,
1: and not only
0: by the fact that we are in a more um, globalized environment and digital, but also, for instance, now we have two-thirds of states who are recognizing double nationality or double citizenship. I would call it better. Okay. And. Um, so we have really um, uh, we are targeting, uh, uh, for instance, diasporas. Uh, uh, many countries have very large diasporas, living outside their borders. Um, there is also the uh, typically borderline population, and also the linguistic affinity population, which is often very open to cultural influence. So all these. Uh, communities represent uh, potential um, uh, targets for these new kind of relationships.
1: Okay, Um, makes me think, by the way, uh, that um, does this also mean that we're going to see, I'd say, two types of uh, people I I was thinking of. my physical being is still gonna be linked to a geography because I am here, but my avatar online may be anywhere. So um, is that something uh, which is to be considered?
0: Uh, I, yes, I would not put it so radically. I would, I, would, I would maybe present a difference between the original concept of nationality, which is where you are born, where your cultural heritage, And the concept more contractual about citizenship is where you want to live, uh, which state you want to have contractual arrangement with, what kind of status you want to have, so what kind of economic relation you want to have. So maybe, yes, it would be more on this. uh, uh, So both are very formal links, but but let's say, yes, there is a, a distinction between what is your, let's say, cultural heritage, what is your uh, original community, and what are the communities you want to become affiliated with later on.
1: Okay. Uh, now, w- why is this topic gaining relevance today? Well,
0: it's getting relevance because today we have developed all the technological and, and mm, tools to develop to, to allow it to function. And also we have developed... Um, mainly governance and, uh, and legal uh, aspects that can allow it to function uh, much better than it used in the past. So we have first a certain quantitative maturity uh, of globalization. We have also international instruments already in place, for instance, for investment arbitration, for instance, for the internet governance with the ICANN, for instance, with the shared space like oceans, like like galactic space, for instance, with the uh, uh, postal union, you know, universal postal union with uh, postal arrangement, with air travel, uh, with, uh, uh, you know, and many, many maritimes, I mean, many, many collaborations that we have abroad. So we have this uh, more or less uh, working, environment uh, at at this stage, we can also uh, expect that people are wanting to have have more freedom of choice. Okay. Uh, We can interpret that way what we see uh, relating, for instance, decentralized finance, decentralized identity, uh, self sovereign approaches. Um, So we have many uh, conditions. And another one is the greater harmonization uh, between the states. For instance, within the space of the European Union, uh, the states have reached a certain ground of harmonization uh, for the market, for the uh, legal aspects, for the uh, digital uh, spaces. So uh, it's allowed really to work together much, much better now.
1: Okay. Um... Now, how? Um, it, it, who is actually having this discussion on the need for extraterritorial, um, um, you could say, outreach? Uh, so who is driving this discussion? You said it's becoming more uh, relevant. Uh, who is driving that? Yeah,
0: well, first, that we are seeing this practice to increase uh, worldwide, well, right, for instance, Uh, Everyone knows the uh, approach of the uh, FCPA, which is the Foreign Corrupt Act in the United States, which allows the United States uh, also through its uh, money or through uh, 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 the links with American uh, persons to gain jurisdiction on on persons abroad and on corporate organizations abroad. We also know, for instance, uh, programs like the Estonian e-residency, yeah. uh, which allow it's, it's allow to have ties with Estonia on more economical nature. Uh, we know also of um, uh, maybe sometimes controversial subjects, like, for instance, the service police station of China uh, abroad, which uh, the Chinese said they are to bring assistance to their citizens, and others say they may serve to other purposes. But, we see that these practices are increasing worldwide. So we need to uh, gain a more, uh, let's say, uh, uh, we we need to adopt a more um, offensive way to approach this practice. And unfortunately, this is not the case today. For instance, what we see in the European Union is they have adopted essentially this uh, blocking act, which is uh, really, I don't think, Uh, at the level of the scale of the new practice uh, which we can observe today worldwide. So we need to maybe improve uh, our response capacity and develop ourselves the links we would like to develop with the different communities we have abroad.
1: Uh, True. Uh, Now, um, you already mentioned a couple of countries already uh, providing, I would say, a current practice, some desired I would say some absolutely not desired. Uh, I may think of, you already mentioned Estonia, but I was thinking of the US uh, Patriot Act. Um, that is a reach beyond, uh, very much beyond the w- what they should be controlling. Um, uh, so how do you then seeing that that's happening? How do you then uh, build or is there a legal regime to um, discuss and organize this extraterritorial outreach
0: yes uh, so for instance I, I I will start with giving an example uh, okay. you have a, a, a i think a fiscal convention between the, uh, French and Germany yeah. which says that uh, if if you have for instance of children from a french a German a, a household, then you can choose whether you want to adopt the French or the German uh, as, as, uh, legal status uh, indefinitely where you live. I mean, you can live in France and adopt the German uh, status or democracy. So this is typically an example of something you can choose uh, between the, the different uh, rules and it could be on a much greater scale uh, or, um, uh, for for uh, I mean worldwide at least, and in, in the European Union, for
1: instance. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I can understand. Um, I mean, when you talk the the, the example uh, France, Germany, uh, is this a bilateral uh, legal re- legal regime they set up? Is it a part of the European Commission's legal regime? Uh, so no, it's it's uh, I mean
0: it's it's not really um, uh, it's not generalised at the level of European, It's still it's still at the bilateral, but we could put it higher in in, in at the European level. And also you have uh, practices that you can do on a much more uh, global scale. Uh, one is called um, uh, equity. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Equity Extraterritoriality. It's a regime that has been, um, um, the concept has been explained by an American lawyer called Nathan Park. And it allows, basically what it will do, is allows a priority on the person uh, rather than on the territory. So it it is a a, a legal practice that can be developed, uh, which is very useful, for instance, in, uh, in our times where we have uh, immaterial assets, uh, intangible assets, which belong to the person rather than to a territory. So that's, that's a regime that um, is somehow developed, but not completely. So if uh, there would be uh, an understanding at a more uh, general level, that could be uh, more supportive of extraterritorial relationships.
1: Okay, um, I'm I'm starting to sense what you're talking about when you talk about this. Uh, uh, the, the what uh, Nathan Park uh, is proposing, uh, but then again, who uh, who is the organizations or are the organizations who then uh, provide that legal regime? What
0: so so that's a good question. So
1: there, there is a. Uh, Already
0: m- much to do at the European level uh, um, between the states, but we could also have a parallel work um, uh, at, at a more global scale, maybe by the uh, uh, Council of Europe, or maybe by the UNESCO, or maybe by other UN uh, agencies, uh, to develop this kind of uh, of concepts. Maybe, for instance, to give very pragmatical uh, um, objectives to such a work, we could uh, develop a a better European citizen status uh, on the EU, uh, which would use uh, this kind of of, of, of features of new relationships. And maybe at the international uh, level, we could develop more protection on on art, uh, more Uh, also perhaps more uh, freedom uh, for choosing, uh, voting um, in in a country or another, uh, things like that. So so maybe we have uh, also just practical examples of what we can do.
1: Okay, Uh, Guy, a two-part question. Uh, First of all, uh, the way you describe it, this, this seems to benefit the individual. So I was wondering if you could take us what are uh, the the real benefits for the individual and um, would this also benefit other uh, uh, stakeholders in this discussion. Yeah, well, for the
0: um, for the individual persons, physical natural person, that would be essentially more freedom of choice. You know, more freedom of choice of what you can do with one state and what you can do with another one and at, at the same time and which uh, which has priority onto onto what kind of relationships um it can bring you a more functional advantage in terms of economic and cultural relationships and um uh, for the states uh, what it would bring is 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 a better uh, maybe better digital accountability and uh, um, a more optimized relationships with their diasporas abroad, with their linguistic influence uh, spheres um, and and also uh, uh, maybe a kind of a soft power competition, you know which is something more dynamic dynamism uh, and 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 also more understanding with other states. so it's a it's a long way road, right? it's not a while <laughs> But it's something that uh, that we, we have today. You know, we have we have community management tools. We have a, a digital ecosystems. We have digital identity. We have we have nearly digital money. Um, we are about to have digital money. So uh, I mean, we have all the instruments to build this new kind of of relationships. So I think we can progress on that.
1: Okay. Uh, now. You've described a North Star of what this could um, lead to um, what's the way forward? What do you see as the next steps uh, we should take if we desire to follow that North Star? Well I think that um, um, yeah one of
0: uh, one of the way would be to um uh, stakeholders to be motivated to progress on this road, as I say, uh, starting maybe by the European Commission, uh, um, for instance, for this new uh, citizen status, uh, European citizen status, or with the Council of Europe um, regarding new uh, new rights of, of freedom and, and international relationships and digital accountability. And um, so... We can have some of these forum to um, to effectively uh, uh, get the members to uh, to see how we can apply some new rules, uh, extraterritorial rules, uh, in the benefit of all members and in a good understanding. And um, and then we can have maybe a larger um, uh, also a, a take take up. Uh, by, uh, for instance, the UNESCO for uh, cultural relationships uh, or by other stakeholders, uh, uh, US, uh, UN development agencies or or other kind of stakeholders. Um, So what what essentially I think is is really to give a a more uh, profound thinking uh, about all the other many uh, digital innovations, you know, But we need to get them in a a broader um, uh, way, how they can apply to uh, our population communities in the benefits of of citizens and uh, business organizations and also uh, the states. And I think that can be a load. Uh, Let's not forget also that it can, uh, if we are maybe desecralizing a little bit the geographic territory, it can also bring more appetite um, for peace. I mean, not to fight so violently in wars for geographic territories if they become a little less important.
1: So that may be also an, another aspect to consider. Uh, okay, so on the long run, uh, there are a number of benefits you just mentioned uh, for individuals and society as a whole. Um, in my conclusion, uh, following your discussion, um, the fact that we talk about extraterritorial outreach, um, at a certain point, that, that that for me means you are consciously aware that you have territorial and extraterritorial outreach. Could it be in the far future, uh, do you see that we're going to be oblivious? We just have a digital outreach and that's completely decoupled from the territory. So by calling it extraterritorial, you link it to the territorial uh, mindset. So is this like the end goal or is that like a, um, a, 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 a milestone towards what the end goal could be that we have the digital outreach and the territorial outreach?
0: yeah no the 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 goal would be that they would be aligned but the the truth is that we are calling it today extraterritorial uh because the people would not understand if we call it territorial today yeah. but the objective is that the territory itself is changing and so in 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 the long term that would not be our territorial anymore it would be a new concept maybe. To give you a, a, an example, um, uh, let's look at what has been going on in the European Union. You know, we used to have this concept very important of nationality. And uh, now that we are all together, 27 member states, we what we see is that nationality has become has, has become something discriminant. You know, you cannot do anymore a law based on nationality you have to do on citizenship on residence uh, but you cannot uh, anymore do uh, make a law only for your nationals it's not anymore possible so that's an example of how things have been changing from the past so we, we we i mean we just have to see that the future will be something around the same you know that we will have a kind of citizenships which will be much more open and much more flexible and much more harmonized. Uh, but we need to, to build this and uh, and, and, and that's, that's where we need to just uh, sit together and, 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 and develop a new frames of, of concept.
1: Okay, uh, Guy, uh, it's been very educational for me. You uh, have given us, and hopefully the audience as well, lots of food for thought how, we can view uh, this digital world and territory around us. Um, Last question from my side, how can we from the Institute for Accountability in the Digital Age help you with um, sharing these insights in the world? What can we do for you? Well, maybe what we
0: can do is uh, first thank you because the fact that you invite me to talk is already a a very uh, Useful contribution. Um, maybe what we can do is uh, uh, we can write a paper on this—a uh, small paper, not something very elaborate—but that can be a tool to uh, uh, make these uh, new ideas a little widespread. widespread And um, and maybe if we, we get attention from uh, from various stakeholders, then I'll be happy to uh, participate in any uh, meeting or something like that.
1: Okay. Well, let's hope that uh, this uh, discussion has triggered a couple of people out there to start to think about this. Uh, contact us uh, so we can introduce you to each other. And uh, again, uh, learn uh, learned a lot. Uh, it was illuminating, and Guy, thank you so much for sharing your insights of how we could uh, shape our future environment.
0: Thank you. Thanks to you, Fritz, and
1: to all the members of the
0: Digital Accountability Forum. Thank you.